0: Hello and welcome to the Fidelity Next podcast, a podcast for post-secondary students brought to you by Fidelity Investments Canada, where we'll provide you with the tools you need to navigate your impending careers successfully in today's landscape. 15 million Canadians currently hold a tax-free savings account, but there are still many questions that investors, particularly those at the start of their careers, have about the account, its advantages, and its tax benefits. In this episode of Fidelity Next, Host Emily Anunuevo sits down with Fidelity tax and retirement expert Michelle Monroe to talk about the Tax-Free Savings Account. Michelle is a 15-year Fidelity veteran and travels across Canada to speak to financial advisors and investors about personal finance topics. Today Michelle answers some common questions young investors have about the TFSA. When is the best time to open one? What types of investments can you hold in a TFSA? And how does the account compare to an RRSP or the newly announced first home savings account? Michelle also touches on the unique benefits of TFSAs for those at the start of their careers and the impacts that the current state of the housing market, interest rates and inflation are having on the way people can use TFSAs to reach a place of financial security. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of Fidelity Investments Canada ULC or its affiliates.
1: Michelle, welcome to the show. So lovely to have you here in studio. Emily, thanks for having me. It is an absolute pleasure to be here. Nice to have you face to face. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Michelle, really, really happy to sit down with you and have the opportunity to educate our viewers and investors or re-educate our viewers and investors about this fantastic investment tool, of course, the TFSA, that's what we're referring to. So it's really, really great to have you deep dive into this topic. Now, I want to remind our viewers that they can send in questions during the show if they like to send you questions. So, Michelle, before we get into, you know, the thick of things, if you can just explain to our audience what a TFSA is and some of the unique elements to this account. Okay. So, TFSA, tax-free savings account.
2: So it's a tax-free way to invest. Someone makes a contribution, they don't get a deduction. So we say it's made with after-tax dollars. But once they have their money, their investments inside the account, they grow tax-free. And then if they make a withdrawal, that withdrawal is tax-free. The second piece of this is that it's flexible. Because once you make that withdrawal, or if you make that withdrawal, it can be recontributed in a later year. Um, and so, and I really, the, the, the final piece I want to talk about here is that I think it's often underutilized. So there's a lot of savings advantages that people can have. And so talking about that today can really help people save and invest tax efficiently.
1: Fantastic. So flexibility and like I'm hearing many, many tax-free benefits. So Michelle, what type of investments can you hold in a TFSA? Mainly cash or is there other funds? Great
2: question. Great. So when the naming of the account, tax-free savings account, people often get confused. And when you say cash and thinking, oh, well, I have my savings account, I have a checking account, I have a TFSA account. When they're thinking about high interest savings account or something. But what I really like people to come away with is that it's an investment account. And so because it can hold mutual funds, ETFs, which are exchange traded funds, stocks, bonds, GICs. Mm. So really think of it as an investment account.
1: Okay, excellent. So let's talk about the eligibility around a TFSA. Who can open one and how old do you need to be I know it was enacted in two thousand and nine, right?
2: So it, start, it was first introduced, available in two thousand and nine. Uh, so you need to be an individual, okay, okay, uh, and resident in Canada, age eighteen or older, and have a valid social insurance number.
1: Okay, pretty straightforward. Uh, Now, I remember many moons ago, (laughs) several years ago, when I opened up a TFSA, I think I was in my 20s and my parents really encouraged me to have that as my first, you know, savings account in your 20s. is Is that a good age to open it or do you suggest like right at 18?
2: Well, for my own children, when they turned 18, what I did is I really encouraged them to open their own accounts And uh, what I did as part of their birthday present is that I said, well, if you make a contribution of X amount, I will gift the child a matching amount so that they could make a double of that. And really where I'm going with this story is the earlier a young individual could start, the better. Uh, I think it was Einstein said the eighth wonder of the world is compound growth and really getting the the. Trying to get started early as well but I work in financial services so I want to promote that with my own children so not everybody would be thinking that early ahead so I got another <laughs> the best plant time to plant an oak tree was 20 years ago the next best time is today
1: okay perfect great example there so just to be clear when you did open uh, the account with your daughters you helped them open it you are not you didn't open it under your name. They have to open it under their name, right? Once Great. They turn. Thank that
2: you for clarifying age. that because that's an important nuance. I can't contribute to somebody else's
1: TFSA.
2: You'd have to gift or loan money to another individual, and they would make their own
1: TFSA contribution. Okay. Perfect nice and clear. So let's get into the crux of things in terms of contribution, uh, how it works, how much room uh, you have for a TFSA. So uh, contribution room, first of all, how much can you contribute? So in 2023, the contribution room is
2: $6,500. And as soon as you turn 18, you get that $6,500 for the year. In 2022, so last year, it was only $6,000. And when it was first introduced in 2009, it was $5,000. So it's been increasing since then. Uh, Where I wanted to go is, say, somebody who was 18 in 2009 has never contributed to their TFSA. Well, they would be able to contribute $88,000 cumulatively. Because if you... If you don't make that contribution, it carries forward to the next
1: year. Okay, okay. So then what is your max contribution then um, within a year? Like, does it just accumulate and and never kind of ends? Or, and then what do you, let's say, if you want to withdraw in that year, what happens?
2: Okay. So, yeah. So let's go start. We'll break this down. So let's say you have, and we'll make it a little bit easier. So it's 2023 you have $6,500 you can contribute. You don't. You don't make that contribution. Uh, so you could carry forward that to 2024 or a later year and then make that contribution. Plus in 2024, well, we don't know what the actual contribution amount will be for 2024, but let's assume it's $6,500 mm-hmm. again. So in 2024, you could then make $13,000. carry forward from 2023 plus the 2024 new room and so that would could carry on
1: okay and that's where you got that uh number eighty-eight thousand. right
2: so so that's like going back to 2009
1: if someone hadn't made that contribution right at that time so here's my next question is there a deduction on that contribution i know you briefly mentioned it at the top of the show no you don't get a deduction for that contribution But once the investments
2: are in the account, they grow
1: tax-free. And on a withdrawal, just to be clear, you're not taxed on that. Correct. Like an RSP, you're not taxed on it. So an
2: Mm RSP, you make a withdrawal from that. That is taxable income. TFSA, a withdrawal from that is not taxable income. Now, there's a nuance here. So Mm -hmm. let's get into a little bit. So let's say I have fifty thousand dollars in my tfsa big amount yeah and I withdraw twenty thousand okay. dollars yep. uh in 2023 I can wait until 2024 and recontribute that twenty thousand dollars that I withdraw now I have to wait until a later taxation year before I can recontribute
1: that okay. withdrawal. you have to wait a full calendar year or right the next, until calendar, the next year. calendar year Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And what happens, let's talk about over-contribution, mm-hmm. because, you know, there have been recent headlines where people may not have, individuals may not have realized they were over-contributing to their TFSA, CRA assess, reassesses them, and they're hit with a huge repayment amount. Um, what are the, what are sort of the nuances around there, uh, around then, around that situation, I should say? So let's,
2: The short answer is that if you're overcontributed, you would pay a 1% penalty on the portion of that over-contributed amount. So it's 1% per month. All right. So you might think, okay, well, maybe that... But what happens is it takes a long time for the CRA to catch up and figure out that you've been over-contributed. So it's 1% per month and it could be a year. So now you're looking at 12% and there's interest on top of that so it adds up really quickly. So let's talk about like when would somebody possibly overcontribute? Well, you're looking at someone who's made a withdrawal and then tried to recontribute in the same year. Mm. So make sure you delay until the next calendar year. And then the second point is somebody who might have TFSAs at multiple financial institutions, and they're just having difficulty keeping track. And it it doesn't matter if you have multiple accounts at multiple financial institutions, they would look at those combined balances contributions.
1: Yes, that makes sense. And always important, we should reiterate speak to your financial advisor yes to get you know the the specific rules and nuances and information on obviously a tfsa other investment vehicles and all those rules like we were talking about over contribution right right so michelle if we can switch gears now and talk about how the tfsa differs complements works in tandem with other investment vehicles uh, because you hear a lot TFSAs and RRSPs. so let's deal with that first. Um, How is a TFSA different than an RRSP? Okay, so we'll do a quick review.
2: Right. TFSA, make that contribution, no deduction. Once you make, once you have your investments in the TFSA, they grow on a tax-free basis, withdrawals are tax-free. Comparing that to an RRSP, you make a contribution, and most people are familiar with this, we make that RSP contribution; you get a deduction for that RSP contribution. Okay. Yeah. All right. So then, once you have investments inside the RSP account, it grows on a tax-deferred basis. And I'm careful to say the word tax-deferred okay. here, yeah. because what happens is that it's um, it grows, but eventually, when you make the withdrawal from that RSP, and it could be years, decades down the road you make that withdrawal, it's taxable as ordinary income. So you make a withdrawal, it's $1,000, it's $1,000 that's taxable to you. Um, what else can we say? Oh, if you make a withdrawal from, we talked about this from the TFSA, it could be recontributed in a later year. It's, so it's more flexible. An RRSP, now there's a couple exceptions for the lifelong learning plan, the home buyer's plan. But if you make a withdrawal from that RRSP, generally, that's going to be taxable to you well it's going to be taxable to you but there's no opportunity to recontribute it so it's less flexible ah, i see okay Well, um, before we go on yeah. i just want to talk about the 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 room that how much can you contribute so for the TFSA we we'll talked about in 2023 it's uh $6500 mm-hmm. now for the RSP it's based on your Earned income. Right. And it's your prior year earned income, 18% of this is somewhat complicated, up to a maximum of $30,780 in 2023. Um, so you could have the potential to be able to contribute more to an RSP than you could to a TFSA. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's RSP is based on earned income. Student, my kids—they don't have any earned income. At that age, yeah. So, so. there's they—they they still get that, uh, sixty-five hundred dollars. Right. So Everybody that, gets that. So
1: just to be clear, that is the main difference that I'm hearing at TFSA, not based on earned income. RRSP, is. yes. Okay. If yeah. we can actually take two steps back, Michelle, I missed a few questions. Um, first, can you transfer some of your funds from a TFSA into an RRSP?
2: Uh, an automatic transfer? No. What it would be is think of it as a two-step. You would make a withdrawal from your TFSA, right. which is tax-free. All right. And then you would make a contribution to the RRSP. Okay. Now you're going to get that, but you can get a deduction on the RSP. So I think where you might be going is that this could be a strategy. Right, exactly. So you could make the Build up some room, and they will build up that contributions, the investments in the TFSA. When you're later on, you have that RSP mm-hmm, contribution mm-hmm. room. Then make the withdrawal from the TFSA,
1: and then contribute to the RSP. Oh. And you're getting
2: into the market, savings, and
1: investing. Right. right. Okay. Perfect. Thanks yeah. for making that clear. And another question: What are some considerations when deciding whether to contribute to a TFSA or an RRSP? Um, related to marginal tax rates. I just okay, to so that. we're
2: getting to somebody who's like a little, uh, uh, let's, let's look at a younger investor because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. a little bit easier to understand there. Um, but they're a few years into working, right? So they have that RSP contribution room and they have TFSA contribution room. Which one do they choose? Well, typically in those early earnings years, those early employment years, earning less income. Um, so what happens with that, so when you think about an RSP, well, they're making that contribution and the tax benefit that they're getting is at that marginal tax rate that they're at, which is lower, Which is so lower tax savings. Right. Um, now, when they're making their TFSA contribution, they're not getting any tax deduction. Um, I should put into with the RSP, mm. they can carry forward, they, they make that deduction, they make that contribution, mm-hmm. say in 2023. Mm-hmm. They're in a lower earnings years, but carry forward that deduction when they're in a higher earnings years and then exactly. maximize the tax savings because they're in a
1: higher tax rate there. Okay. Really interesting in terms yeah. of strategizing right. the different types of investment vehicles you have, right? And sort of playing right. around with that.
2: Which I mean, I want yeah, to go, go back ahead. for somebody who's younger because they have a lot of competing. Mm. Like, what are they going to do? Right. Maybe they're different investing say, goals. Different right. investing goals, and the flexibility of the TFSA might bring it
1: t- a tipping point. Might bring it over there. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. That's what can make it appealing in that chapter of your life yeah. if you're a younger investor. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to the comparison. Um, how does the TFSA compare to the first home savings account, the FFHA, the new account that was introduced this year in, in direct reference to using those funds to purchase your very first home? How does right. the TFSA compare to that?
2: So the first home savings account mm-hmm. is it, it was brand new, uh, just introduced twenty twenty three, and it's a hybrid of an RSP and the TFSA. It's kind of the best of both worlds, mm-hmm. and as you said, it's targeted savings for those people who are saving for their first home. Um, so first home savings account get a contribution for that first home, you get a deduction for that first home savings account contribution. Uh, the contribution room, $8,000, but it doesn't start accumulating until the account is actually open. So this is, that's an important nuance okay. there. Okay. Now earnings and growth inside that first home savings mm-hmm. account is tax-free, a withdrawal for an eligible property. That first home. Lots of rules. So, yes, there, right? yes, lots of yeah. rules. <laughs> um, that that tax? withdrawal is tax-free as well. Oh,
1: tax-free as well. Okay.
2: Now, again, the tax the tax free first home savings account, first <laughs> home savings account is very targeted for the first home. Now a TFSA could be a complement to that to help save. Because when you make that withdrawal for that TF from the TFSA, well, it's tax-free. It could be used for any purpose, including the down payment for that first home. Uh, And especially people who are trying to save for that first home purchase, especially in larger urban centers, may wanna be
1: considering using both accounts. Absolutely, especially with house prices Mm -hmm. at the rate that they are right now. So you touched upon how a young investor, a young Canadian could consider a TFSA. Now, why would somebody, in retirement or near retirement age, Michelle, consider okay. a TFSA. Is that too late in the in the game for this? It's never too late
2: in the game, Emily.
1: <laughs> okay. So someone who's
2: nearing retirement. Let's focus on on that that demographic first. So what they're thinking about is like, "Okay, retirement's coming up soon. I need to really like get that nest egg. Uh, built up as, as much as I possibly can and you know these are often the highest earnings years uh, so and often they've maxed out their RSPs so this is a tax efficient way to build up that retirement estate yeah. using that TFSA yeah. okay now let's move into somebody who's actually in retirement and they have income from various sources Uh, One of the examples that's sort of easier to understand is somebody say they've sold a cottage, right? okay? And they have a bulk of money that they've received. And uh, what happens here is, well, what are they going to do with it? And maybe they haven't been in a position where they've been able to utilize that tax-free savings account earlier. Um, Maybe it wasn't available, what have you. Well, now, and they haven't contributed, they, ha- they can now contribute eighty-eight thousand dollars because saying they haven't had it, they haven't contributed since two thousand and
1: nine. Had it open. into
2: that okay. TFSA, mm-hmm. and if they're married or in a partnership, that's eighty-eight thousand for each partner. So that's that's a, a lot of room. That's there. a lot to improve. And I'm going to take this one step further. So let's say they don't need that money for their retirements, because from their various income sources, so they could continue to grow and add to that TFSA. And this leads into estate planning, Emily, on death deemed to have disposed of your assets. Now there is a tax deferred rollover to the surviving spouse, but it's a deferral to the death of the surviving Mm -hmm. spouse. The TFSA would be deemed to be disposed on death of the individual. But it's tax-free, oh, yes. the meaning that there's more of the estate would pass to the beneficiaries, and the reason I'm, I'm I'm getting excited here is because it's a real opportunity for, for leaving a tax-efficient legacy for seniors and really thinking about it as an investment account that they're growing over their for their final years and able to leave that to their beneficiaries.
1: Yeah, no, that's a fantastic way to uh, to sort of lay out that scenario. I had no yeah. idea that maybe near retirement age, like you said, mm-hmm. s- selling your cottage or your property and you have that lump sum, there's so many ways you could strategize there. And, 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 and so many
2: people money. don't yeah. realize that yeah. continue, even seniors continue to accumulate that really TFSA contribution room.
1: Okay. So, Michelle, if you can go over the rules again, that the rules we need to be aware of when it comes to savings room accumulation and what happens when the savings are withdrawn.
2: Okay. So, 2023, uh, we have $6,500. Uh, we can make that contribution. For, let's say, I only make $3,000 contribution in 2023, I could carry forward that unused contribution room to 2024, mm-hmm. that $3,500 that I didn't contribute. Or a later year, it doesn't have to be 2024, and then do a catch-up then. Um, and then the withdrawal. So let's say I make a withdrawal, uh, and I could recontribute that in a later taxation year.
1: Okay, perfect. And I know we talked about over-contributing earlier in the show, but we have a few minutes left and I want to, I know you had some important um, points in terms of frequency of trading within your TFSA. What are some rules that people need to know about when it comes to trading within your different funds in your TFSA? Okay, so
2: this is where CRA has been, they've done a targeted review of certain TFSA accounts. And what they're looking at is they're looking at people who, so the TFSA, it's a registered account, okay? And so what there's a risk that some investors, and it it is, it's very few investors, but what they've been doing is doing, I'm gonna say excessive buys and sells inside of their TFSA, and essentially been running a business in their TFSA. And so what the CRA is, you're prohibited from running a business inside the, right. inside a registered account, Makes specifically yeah. a TFSA. Uh, so what they're looking at when they're trying to determine if someone's carrying on a business, and again, this would apply to a very small percentage, but are they doing day trading, like buying and selling the same security or different securities, multiple securities each day? Okay. Yeah. Um, do they have a history of only holding, holding securities for a very short time? Uh, what sort of knowledge does the investor have? Like, Would they be considered a business knowledge? Mm-hmm. Uh, how much time every day do they spend researching and analyzing investments? Basically, are they doing this as a business? And it's not any one of these factors uh, that the CRA would look at. But they would look and they would look at all of them together in combination. And what would happen is that the investments inside the account would be recharacterized as business and be disallowed. And which, again, those penalties, they can add up oh, yeah. very
1: quickly. Oh, yeah. One question rolling in here before we end the show, um, Michelle, if you're already retired, can you still contribute to a TFSA? I know we sort of talked about yes. retirement age and Great the strategies. Great question. Thank you. You're already you. retired.
2: Yes. Yeah, so you're retired. What, where, I'm going, where the question is coming from, I believe, is that if someone's contributing to an RRSP, at, at the latest at age, 71, December of the year they turn 71, that RRSP must be matured. And when it gets matured, it could be taken in cash. Very few people do that. Purchase annuity, fewer people do that. What the majority of people do with their RSP when it gets matured is they convert it into a registered retirement income fund, mm. a RIF. And then they decumulate that RIF over retirement. A TFSA... Does not need to be matured. In addition to that, continue to accumulate new contribution room for seniors. So it's, it will continue to add the the possibility that they could add to their TFSA. Okay, so for, it's an important
1: yeah, really interesting element yes. there. I didn't mm-hmm. know about maybe you know, uh, our viewers didn't know about either. Yeah. Um, so, Michelle, I know you travel across the country speaking to financial advisors on many, you know, tax and retirement topics. What are you hearing these days? You know, now that we're sort of in a new normal and out of the pandemic, what's sort of the consistent theme that you're hearing these days?
2: So the the new normal people are are interested. They want to be on they, they understand the importance of being financially comfortable mm-hmm. and secure. And it all starts with understanding where are they at today? Understanding that financial position. And also having goals and they're excited, like what do I want to do? Like the world has opened up again. What are my goals and relating that back to financial and looking at, well, where am I today? How do I get there? And really coming back to do I have a plan and how do I create a plan to get on track to achieve those financial goals and really bringing this back to the TFSA, which is a key component to saving, investing tax efficiently to achieve
1: those financial goals. Absolutely. So written financial plan, and also seeking the advice and guidance of a financial advisor, super, super important to really
2: take advantage of the tax savings from the TFSA.
1: Absolutely. And Michelle, just in closing a brief summary, of all the elements you talked about today, just highlights of the advantages of a TFSA.
2: TFSA, it's a registered account you don't want to, you don't want to miss the advantage of, and it fits all into, we talked about the RSP, potentially first home savings Mm -hmm. account. How does that fit into your financial plan? Contributions, there's no tax deduction, but after that, tax-free. It grows on a tax-free basis, withdrawals are tax-free, if you make that withdrawal, it can be recontributed in a later year. Um, so there's some flexibility there as well and continues to grow throughout your lifetime after age 18. So it's a, it's a great vehicle for everyone, well, 18 years old
1: and older. In all chapters of your life. Yes. Michelle, I wanna thank you so much for sitting down with me today and sharing such valuable information about this important investment vehicle, the TFSA. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Great to be here. Thanks, Emily.
0: Thanks for listening to Fidelity Next, brought to you by Fidelity Investments Canada. Fidelity Mutual Funds and ETFs are available by working with a financial advisor or through an online brokerage account. Visit fidelity.ca to buy for more information. While on fidelity.ca, you can find details on future live webcasts and sign up for the Upside newsletter on fidelity.ca slash the Upside. For more, you can also follow Fidelity Canada on Twitter and subscribe to our podcasts on your podcast platform of choice.